Welcome to season two of Odo Mentor, the podcast that provides mentorship for your otolaryngology career. I'm your host, Christina Cabrera Muffley. All opinions expressed in this podcast are solely my own or my guests and do not express the views or opinions of my employer. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate it and leave a review. Also, spread the mentorship and tell all your friends. This is season two, episode six working with advanced practice providers in your otolaryngology practice. My guest today is Robbie Gray, who is a physician assistant in the Department of Otolaryngology at the University of Colorado. She has been working in the department for a decade, but has been practicing as a PA for 18 years. Robbie is a Colorado native and mountain biker who uses yoga for stress reduction. Thanks for being on the show, Robbie. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, my pleasure. So tell me how you decided to become a physician assistant. Well, like most of us, I love biology and chemistry. And originally, I actually wanted to be a veterinarian or a zoologist. So to put myself through school, through college, I worked as a veterinary technician. And along the way, I discovered this incredible career of physician assistants and for me, it, it was very similar to being a vet tech in a way. And also, it spoke to me on so many levels, kind of the science behind it and caring for others. And I love the fact that I can move from one specialty to another and, and for me, kind of work-life balance. And then luckily, all the courses I needed for vet school were the same for PA school. So I was able just to take all of that and apply to the PA programs, and then essentially never look back after that. Yeah. So is it a good thing or a bad thing that your patients can talk to you versus <laughs> Well, animals talk to you too. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they give plenty of signals, but I, some days I feel differently. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So then what drew you, after you became a PA, what drew you to otolaryngology as a specialty? Well, I originally practiced in allergy, asthma, immunology, and basically through that exposure, I became connected to otolaryngology because of needing to refer so many of my patients to ENT for specific care. A lot of my atopic patients and asthmatic patients tended to have complex sinonasal issues. And for me, I got to meet Dr. Kingdom that way because he was one of my referring providers. And over time, saw some CME lectures by him. And for me, moving into rhinology was kind of a natural progression. I could essentially take my practice of medicine that I learned from allergy immunology and then add on some interesting, wonderful in-office procedures. And, and it seemed to be a great balance for me. Great. Yeah, because just to mention this for our listeners who may not know, so you're really mostly in the rhinology subspecialty, whereas we have several advanced practice providers in our department, some of which are in rhinology, some of which are in otology and sleep. So it continues to expand. Yes. Was there anything that surprised you about moving into the otolaryngology space, either related to the allergy space, or just in general? Well, I think I thought of it mostly as a surgical specialty. And, and what surprised me is how much medicine that I use. And I'm actually delightfully surprised to be able to do that because it allows for me to have a very large practice being a non-surgeon provider. And then also 
the complexity of the anatomy and physiology just of just sections of the nose or the ears it it was it was a great surprise actually to learn all of that yeah absolutely so can you talk about your scope of practice so my scope of practice essentially is i get to see new return post and pre-op patients i perform nasal endoscopy flexible laryngoscopy big debridements, biopsies, collect cultures, and treat epistaxis. So those are all the things that I do. And is your scope different, since you're a physician assistant, is your scope different than nurse practitioners? No, not the scope of what we do on a daily basis. For us, the contrast and comparison is really, just as all healthcare providers, we each have our own rules and laws and regulations that we have to follow. So to me, those are sort of the differences that we all work through, but scope doesn't change. Okay. Have you ever been a first assistant in the operating room at all, or is that something that you would be interested in? I have never been a first assistant in the operating room, though many of my colleagues outside of our department in other ENTs private practices definitely do that. And I think our team in Highlands Ranch does that as well. Okay. So what do you like the most about your job? I think I like the balance where I get to practice medicine and use all the tools that I ever used in allergy immunology, like my stethoscope still and being able to use otoscopes. And I like to be able to do that and practice medicine, but I also really love being able to do procedures. Yeah. Uh, Are there other kind of specialties that you would be able to do procedures as well besides otolaryngology? I think dermatology is another great place to be able to do procedures and practice medicine. What do you like the least about your job? Documentation. (laughs) The EMR, the evil EMR. Yes. Yes. I love to be able to spend time with patients and chat with them and take care of them, but I hate having to document it. Yeah, absolutely. What does your typical weekly schedule look like? Well, I have a very busy practice. I have two autonomous clinics. And then one day a week, I go to an outside hospital and take care of inpatient cystic fibrosis patients who need sinonasal care. It's a great place to sort of capture them and be able to take care of them and do debridements and help them with managing their sinuses in the setting of their challenging pulmonary disease. And then one day each week, I get to work with my surgeon partner. And that's just a nice way to collaborate and be able to show patients that we are truly a team. And how do you navigate that when you see a patient with the physician partner versus on your own? Uh, How do you split up the duties? So for our clinic and what's worked for us so far is that I'll go in and see the patient and get the history, do a physical, get them prepared for the rhinologist to go in and do nasal endoscopy, and then basically do all the follow-up afterwards. So prescriptions, sinus imaging, evaluations, chatting with patients, and if needed, moving them forward with surgery. So I kind of just take on the rest of that. How long do you think it took you to really get comfortable once you switched from allergy to otolaryngology? What was the learning curve like? Well, that's interesting. I, I, I've i been there for a 
decade now, but I still feel that I'm learning all the time. But it did take a while. It took me probably three full years where I felt very comfortable with procedures and nasal endoscopy and dealing with kind of worrisome post-op issues or patients coming in with things like proptosis because they had allergic fungal sinusitis into my clinic. So I think it took me about two to three years to feel very comfortable. And did you feel supported during that time? What were the things that the physician partners did to to help you through that learning curve? Well, I was the first advanced practice provider in the adult section of otolaryngology. So I have to say that it was a lot of learning on my own initially and kind of working on everything by myself because I didn't have a huge rhinology group around me. I can definitely say that for the following advanced practice providers coming in, we were able to set up some pretty good kind of cushioned areas and ways to take care of them and support them a little bit better than what I went through, but it all ended up working out. So in that vein, what do you think are the key things otolaryngologists considering integrating an advanced practice provider into their practice should know? I think that some of the most important things is for an otolaryngologist to think of the advanced practice provider as their partner and colleague. Advanced practice providers do have extensive education and can be absolutely integral in supporting their practices and allowing for great medical care while the otolaryngologist is taking care of the surgical needs of their patients. Knowing that for APPs, having flexibility and having a voice in their practice really matters. And yeah, so that leads me to my next question. What do you think increases job satisfaction for APPs? I can definitely tell you across the board, wherever an APP is is working, that those strong, positive relationships with their surgeon or physician partners is invaluable and allowing for open dialogue and feeling safe about being able to come to that provider for you know, really anything that they need with regards to how to take care of a patient. Have you ever had a disagreement with your partner about a patient that you were working with and how did you resolve that issue? I think from a fundamental patient care aspect, not really, because me and my physician partner kind of practice similarly. We focus on evidence-based medicine and current guidelines and outcome measures. So looking at, you know, maybe I wanted to use doxycycline and they wanted to use Augmentin. So all that small stuff hasn't ever really mattered. And I don't have any fear of speaking up and sharing my opinion, but I haven't had any real patient-centered disagreements with regards to the practice. That's great. And then just to talk about, you know, I've seen your practice evolve since I've been here. You've been here in the department longer than I have, but even in the seven years that I've been here, I've seen that you have taken on an educator role really with the other APPs coming on board, which has been really fun to see. So can you talk about the initiatives that you're doing for education? Sure. I think a lot of preventing burnout comes from using and doing different modalities in your practice to keep things exciting. 
And when I was hired on, I became this instructor overnight without really any of the tools that that title implied. So in my desire not to be an imposter, I started to get real interested in education and how people learn. And I've been supported by the Department of Otolaryngology to sort of build on that with knowing all the APPs in our department. As you said before, we all are in these little specialty nooks. And I found that we had so much knowledge and experience that I thought it would be nice for us to be able to come together and present that to other advanced practice providers who are in ENT or allergy or in private practice to help support their ability to take care of basic general ENT care of their patients. And so we, we created a annual conference to do that. We also have been very involved with the Society of Physician Assistants in Otolaryngology that's supported by the AAO, and we are a part of their annual conferences. And hopefully next year, we will have that conference coming to Colorado, where there's over 500 advanced practice providers working in uh, ENT, and it's a, it's a great way to sort of show off everything that we're doing in our department, and also, you know, to show our department what incredible advanced providers are out there practicing and their scope of practice is pretty incredible. Great. That sounds amazing. What would you say as far as, you know, we have a residency program as well. What would you say that is the key points about interacting with residents and kind of integrating APPs and residents into the same practice? This is the first time I ever worked with residents. And initially I was sort of nervous about it. But over time, what I realized is that we're all there kind of learning and together. We learn and teach together and advanced practice providers have so much to offer the residents as they're newly coming in. We spend so much time in the clinic and I think we're able to help the residents with that kind of aspect of their education is how to care for patients in the clinic, how to do nasal endoscopy on somebody who's awake and looking at you, and what are some techniques to make things more comfortable. So for me, working with the residents has been a lot of fun. It's been challenging. It's allowed me to learn far beyond even my scope. And then later, to be able to teach the residents has been very enjoyable. Yeah. And I will say that I think in our department, at least, and I'm sure in other departments, it's similar, but the APPs are a critical part of the evaluation of our residents. So a lot of times you see and you have a different relationship with the residents than some of our attendings do, maybe because there's less hierarchy there. And so I value your evaluations of them and you're even like off the cuff comments sometimes when you're talking to me about, you know, maybe concerns you may have about how a resident is doing in a different way than I would from faculty. Yeah. I feel like we have sort of a unique view of them because we're not surgeons. And so we get to see how they're going to be. I always say this in the real world because the clinic is the real world for me, how they interact with patients while they're awake. Yeah, absolutely. So, (laughs) So if you had to do it again, would you choose the same career path? 
Absolutely. Without any reservations. I love being an advanced practice provider. I love being a PA. I love to get to teach PA students and support their careers as well. This job is an opportunity to essentially be of benefit to people on a daily basis. And not everybody gets to say that. So I I love it. Great. I'm glad. Anything else you want to add, Robbie? No, I don't think so. I really appreciate you talking to me today though about this. Yeah, I really appreciate you being on the show. I think this is a really great addition to our practice. And I think sometimes otolaryngologists in private practice may not know how to integrate APPs and maybe, you know, worried about how that will look. And I think also in academic practices, sometimes figuring out how the whole team dynamic works with attending physicians, residents, and APPs, how all of that works. So yeah, I really appreciate your time. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, leave me a review or go to my show notes page to let me know your thoughts. There's a brief survey to help me improve the quality of this podcast. Until next time, wishing you success and joy.